Welcome to Maker Mom, a podcast where I explore the stories of maker moms and the life they lead. Each week, I will bring you the behind-the-scenes story of a new maker mom. I'm Katie Freeman, a furniture designer and content creator running FreemanFurnishings.com and your host of the Maker Mom podcast. You can find Maker Moms hanging out in the Facebook community at Maker Moms and on the web at MakerMomPodcast.com. If you love what you hear, please subscribe, leave a stellar review, and share this out with other Maker Moms you know. Welcome to episode 7 of the Maker Mom podcast. And on today's episode, I am talking with Valerie from Old Soul Designs uh, in Florida. And it's a really great interview. We talk about all sorts of things. Um, Valerie's a mom of three and uh, does all kinds of woodworking. And she also builds her own shop, which she talks about in the interview. So why don't we go ahead and jump right in? Cool. Well, why don't we just go ahead and um, get started with, you know, I followed you for a little bit on Instagram, but tell, you know, tell those who are going to be listening who you are, what you do, kind of a little bit about um, what you make and, and all that good jazz. I'm mainly, I mean, bread and butter wise, I mainly make a lot of farmhouse tables, barn doors. Um the larger pieces, things like that, that everybody wants right now. Um, I mean, I like to make smaller pieces, but mm -hmm. that doesn't always happen like that. I just worked with uh, mahogany for my first time the other day, and I was like, oh, this was so wonderful. Like, that's all I want to do from now on is just work with mahogany. But um, yeah, so I just make a lot of larger pieces. Um, I don't really do festivals or anything like that. It just shows it's just made to order and it keeps me busy. Well, that's, that's great. Um, so how many kiddos do you have? I have three boys. Um, wow. <laughs> a 17 year old, 16 year old and an eight year old. So. Okay. Decent span there of ages. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We were done, but uh, then we weren't. So. <laughs> So yeah, so we have three. <laughs> okay. And so, okay, so you're just talking that you're getting done with your, like your day job. So what do you do for a day job too? I barely ever do it. I work like once a month. I'm a um, infant hearing screener at, in labor and delivery here in Jupiter. And I work just enough to maintain um, like a, actual job I guess for tax reasons <laughs> like so this will be the last year I can do that though because I made too much to claim it as hobby income now so yeah so I've kept it just as that and because I'm like don't ever talk to adults ever unless I'm there so <laughs> that's the only way to talk to other adults oh. yeah I, I get that um, I think a lot of moms feel in that same space where it's like, yeah. and as a maker, right? Like you're, so you're alone. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Always. I mean, I kind of like it that way, but once in a while, you know, you have to talk to other adults just to keep your social skills like up. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so let's learn a little bit more, you know, kind of just about you, about your history. Like what was, um, what was your childhood like? Anything there that maybe led it, 
lended itself to help get you into making? Um, what was your were, what was your journey to get to being a maker? Um, I think I like told you a little bit about it on your feed when you asked that one day, but um, both my parents are electricians. My mom, uh, she was, she passed away, but she was one of the first uh, women electricians in her union. And then my dad, I mean, he's an electrician. It's not exactly making, but it's still like a labor job. And I just always thought that women could do whatever. Like I was probably a teenager before I realized that it wasn't normal for women to do that kind of stuff. And, um, and then when I was older, my mom owned an antique shop also. And I just kind of, I was always grounded. So I was always there and forced to work for her. So I learned a little bit about restoring furniture then and that kind of thing. So I guess it did. I think so. It, everyone always thinks they're always like, Oh, did your dad teach you how to make this stuff? I'm like, no, no, <laughs> it's not how it happened. Right. So I guess, so how did it happen? When did you start with the, like the farm tables and, and all of that? Um, my husband was deployed and we were moving constantly and um, just, you know, the crappy Ikea furniture, nothing against Ikea, but it doesn't last when you're going from house to house and all that. So um, I just kind of like, I would find some piece that somebody threw in the trash when they moved that was made out of actual real wood. And I just started fixing them and painting them and whatever. And um, uh, my husband came home and I had like, redone all of these all this furniture and everything and then one day somebody came in they were coming to buy something else and they saw a dresser that I painted and asked if I would sell it and I was like for how much like what are you gonna pay me for it and um, I don't remember what she paid me for but it was way more than the $15 that I paid for it at a yard sale and then she asked if I could make a night or paint a nightstand to redo it to match that I was like, yeah, sure. So I did that. And then uh, um, I think about, I had built a couple of small things. And then about a year later, somebody wrote my husband asking if I could replicate a pottery barn table. And um, he did all my social media and stuff back then. And uh, he didn't even ask me. He just said, yeah. And then like, tells me, oh, you have to make this. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> what am I going to do? He, he's like, you have to. I was like, I don't build big pieces. And he's like, well, I already put the deposit or took the deposit. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> I guess that's what I'm doing then. And like, basically just did it. And it's like, I, those people are actually still clients now. Like they still order stuff from me now. Kind of funny. And I've made that table like 50 times, that same table. <laughs> No, gotten better at it though. That's, that's awesome. Um, so were you, uh, with your husband deployed, were you like a, a stay at home mom then when you kind of got started with the refinishing? Um, yeah. And I worked, I bartended before. Um, but once you move to wherever you're stationed, especially if you're by a base, there's no work for military spouses and then trying to fit kids and, all that stuff that my two older boys are from my first husband. So we, I did a lot of traveling like back and forth to make sure that they got to see their dad and all that. And it just didn't work with a job, like trying to maintain a job. And then, you know, once your husband deploys, 
then you've got to figure out all the logistics of like family life by yourself. And you can't, it's, it's next to impossible to keep a regular job without paying somebody else or having like your mother-in-law or something live there. And I just didn't have that. So. Okay. Um, so starting to kind of work with refinishing and then getting into building, um, has it always been wood? Yeah, I'd love to be able to weld. That's like one of my goals to learn how to weld. Um, occasionally I'll do a little, uh, I've done some soldering. I'm really terrible at it. And um, just, you know, like some metal accent pieces. I just did a uh, bathroom vanity with some metal in it. But yeah, it's pretty much just wood. I'd say someday I'll be a welder. My first husband was, is a welder. I should have had him teach me while I had the chance. <laughs> <laughs> I understand. I have lofty goals as well as for getting into welding, um, especially to make my own bases for tables. Oh, um, yeah. And luckily through like this maker community on Instagram, somebody gifted me like a beginner welder. So it's, it's sitting in my shop <laughs> being covered in wood sawdust right now. Um, but really the main thing for me is just trying to a find the time. Cause I know I'll need to like set aside time to like really work at it. To yeah. Get proficient at it. And then B trying to figure out how to set it up safely. So I don't catch a bunch of like sawdust on fire while <laughs> working on welding. Yeah. I'm really bad too. When I get a new tool, I just jump into it. And then I find out later, like, Oh, that wasn't like the safest way to do that or whatever. I'm like, Oh yeah. So and yeah, my shop is covered in sawdust. I don't even have a dust collection system. I mean, dust collection is me with a broom and that's it. So I don't even know if a welder would work in here. <laughs> yeah, that's that's pretty much me right now too. I did just buy like um, kind of a dust collector from Grizzly for pretty decent price, but it is still sitting in pieces and boxes in my garage right now <laughs> instead yeah. of set up. So yeah. absolutely. Um, can you hang on one second? I got a voicemail from, I think, possibly my daughter's daycare, so I need to listen to that really quickly. Oh, yeah, no quickly. problem. Okay, <laughs> thank you. All right, no worries. Uh, I don't need to go pick her up, so that's all I was concerned with. <laughs> yeah. We're getting into, you know, flu season and every sickness under the moon, so. I know it. I know it. My littlest one, he's got an ear infection, like, every other week. And then my teenagers are, if they're not sick, they're getting in trouble. So it's one thing or the other. So <laughs> I'm always being called to some school. Yeah. Yeah. So do I remember correctly, I believe seeing on Instagram, did you build your shop? Yes. I thought <laughs> I so. I thought so. Yeah, what was that process like? <laughs> it was, it took a lot longer. It took me almost a year from start to finish and it's still not done. There's still like, there's still a lot of stuff that needs to be done. Uh, my doors, which are sliding barn doors are like 
they may close or they may not like on certain days. Like I don't, I've actually had where, um, one of the wheels fell off. Cause I just used old closet wheels. Cause by the time I got to the end of it, I was way over budget. And, um, I've had where I closed the door and I turned around and the door like fell off <laughs> right on top of me. So it's uh, still a work in progress, but uh, my dad and I actually did it together. He did all the electrical work, which is up to like industrial code. It's perfect. It's the only safe thing in here. And, um, it's, uh, I don't know. It's one good thing about it. Um, my favorite part of it is upstairs. I don't know if I can like, it's a loft, but um, up there, is a separate uh, area. It's my my youngest son's clubhouse, and it's all screened in, so the dust doesn't get too bad in there. And yeah, I have a fan like with a filter in the back, and then he's got a TV and bean bags and all that stuff up there. So I do get to have him out here sometimes when I work, but that's probably the best part of the shop. That's like a, the true definition of maker mom, right there. Is uh, yeah. building building in a clubhouse for your kids into the. Yes. Everybody was like, are you going to put an office up there? I was like, no, I'm putting a clubhouse for my kid. So, yeah. That's, that's absolutely awesome. What was, um, was it intimidating to start that, that process? Have you done any projects that big before? I never had, but um, uh, my dad always says you can learn how to do brain surgery on YouTube. So that's what I did. <laughs> I bought a plan um, and got all the supplies. We did change it a little bit. Um, it, I mean, at first it really was, but um, it's basically, it's just framing. It's just like adding a wall to your house. Like once that's done, that's really your hardest part is getting everything level. And then um, the sheeting on the outside which I did 90% of by myself trying to level it all off like in these giant four by eight sheets because my dad wasn't here and then the roofing was terrifying and it was intimidating to order because I had no idea my plan just said um consult a professional <laughs> I was like oh okay and then it told me the rise and run and then I had to go to the store and figure it out and you know I don't I mean I'm sure you've been to an actual lumber yard for your first time and it's like you feel like an idiot and you're asking for like two by fours incorrectly and all that that's what it felt like to go and order a roof and like oh. and I don't think the sales guy even knew what he was doing either so that made it worse <laughs> <laughs> yeah so okay so where where were you working before you built the shop then um in a connex like a shipping container Wow. <laughs> yeah. We worked in a shipping container with a, um, it was so hot. I mean, you open the door. It was so hot in there that my rigid miter saw, the fence warped. So just from the hot and the cold, like constantly. But um, I had that, it's like an eight by 20, I think. And then I had a pop-up garage in front of it, like one of those ones you get at Costco or Harbor Freight in front of it. And then um, we had a storm come through and the pop-up, I took it down and I put it in a Rubbermaid shed that we had just for like lawn tools. And when the storm came, the roof came off the Rubbermaid and it caught the pop-up shed and 
twirled it and ripped it into this, like, it looked like a twisted Tootsie Roll package. And I was like, all right, well, that's the end of that. I guess we're building a shop before I had planned on it and put everything on a credit card and there we go. <laughs> <laughs> but still, I mean, that's awesome that you got to do that. Yeah. Um, it was that's awesome. definitely my my dream right now. My shop is a two car garage that I rent um, from somebody else. You know, I was working out of you guys. My own. We do. We have a two car garage that's attached um, to the house, and, okay. and basically, my wife put the kibosh on no more sawdust yes. uh, <laughs> because it's obviously no matter how hard you try, it's coming into the house like constantly. And, and, you know, plus Midwest and winter comes and yeah, my kids don't have to get in the van in the garage, but it's ideal. So, um, definitely was, that was the motivator. Plus I just enjoy having a space where I can leave a, like a project, you know, get it clamped up and like leave it in the middle of the floor if that's where I need to leave it and not worry about like someone's going to trip over it or yeah or whatever so but ideally you know my dream state if I had a dream board what would be on there would be like a few acres of land where I could put a shop right in the middle of it so I could work till one in the morning and nobody would complain if that happened to be the case (laughs) Yeah, nobody complains here, but, well, we have an acre and a quarter, well, close to it, but, um, yeah, I keep trying to convince my husband, because we're in South Florida now, and it's incredibly expensive to live here, and um, I just want to move probably North Carolina, South Carolina, something like that, and get something with, like, five-plus acres and put a huge shop. I'm I'm taking this shop with me. I don't care what I have to put it on. It's coming with me, because my dad and I built it together, so take this up there and then add on to it or something like that. Like put a bump out a patio. I don't even know. I've got plans like they're up there, but yeah, I'd like to do that. I do sometimes forget my air compressor on at night and I can like, I've heard my neighbors be like, God damn it. Yeah. Yeah. I just had my first instant the other day though. To my credit, I feel like it's during the daytime but a neighbor to the garage I rent for my shop, I was running the planer and, you know, I had the door open and luckily I had just finished getting done planing, but he came over and he's like, when are you going to be done with that? I'm trying to take a nap. And I'm like, really? It's in the middle of the day. So I don't really feel bad about interrupting your nap with my planing, but yeah. (laughs) Um, So, okay. Before, so when you started with the, like, just refinishing the furniture, um, were you using many tools then, like many power tools at all? Um, I was used to using them. I took shop in high school, actually. And then um, later, after I took it for a year, the next year, I was a TA. I got to get earned credit by being a TA. So I was used to using them. Um, but I want to say the only tools I had was like an orbital sander and a couple of like smaller hand tools that I had inherited when my mom passed away. And, um, I remember I bought a table saw and I didn't even know what I was buying. I just went there and like turned it on. I asked the guy to cut a piece of wood for me 
And I was like, okay, it works, it's good. And then later I realized it didn't have a fence, it didn't have a guard, like it didn't have uh, the miter gauge, nothing. So I was literally like taking a plank and like trying to keep it straight and using it for cross cutting, ripping, like whatever, whatever I could use it on. And like, that was the main, I had it on a nightstand, like an octagon shaped like end table, <laughs> that was how it said. And uh, that was like my main tool that I used for cutting or doing whatever. And then I traded a, I had an old Chicago grinder. It was actually brand new, it was still in the box. And I traded someone for a jigsaw on like one of those Craigslist groups. And that's like the only tools that I really had. <laughs> So that's pretty awesome that you took shop in high school. Um, I, I don't feel like, like I didn't take shop, but I took electrical classes in yeah. high school and learned how to solder and build boards and all that fun stuff. Um, and I was like the only girl in the class, but <laughs> um, in Iowa anyways, we do do like an introductory shop class in junior high, but that's about it. So was there any tool, even if, with your background, um, in high school, was there any tool that you found intimidating to try out for the first time? Oh. Um, I've had some close calls with my tape, like different table saws. Like I've had pieces of wood fly off and fling and hit me. It's so hot there here that we, I work in a bathing suit a lot of times, like cut off shorts in a bathing suit and I've had pieces, you know, just fly off or get me or spin out or whatever. And then I'd probably say, um, using the grinder on anything metal is like, even now I had to use it yesterday and I'm like, I get all prepped up. Like I put on a long sleeve shirt. Like I put on, I have to get on my regular glass and I'll put on goggles on top of it. Like I just, hate using the grinder like I don't and I want to start using it for wood carving and stuff like what you do but um it's mainly on metal it scares me just everything flying everywhere and I've seen pictures um where somebody will have like a cheap wheel and it'll sling off and you'll see like pieces of it stuck in their face or something I'm like I don't know what a cheap wheel is for all I know I'm using cheap wheels I don't know so you know even though like I use an angle grinder regularly with, with carving wood. Um, recently I switched my wheels over to the King Arthur's tools and I wouldn't use anything else with wood cause those make me feel the safest. I haven't had anything come cause I have used like a uh, Arbor tech um, turbo plane. And I know like a lot of like the guy makers use that, but it's flung like entire logs, like it's caught, you know, something and flung an entire log at me, which scares the crap out of me. Yeah. Um, but I am with you on the metal. Like, even though I'm used to the tool with the wood, like, I don't know. It's because, I think it's because like, A, it's shooting sparks whenever you're working on metal, but even just like using it, I've had to use it just to cut off um, rods and stuff you yeah. know, when I'm for building other furniture pieces. And even that, like, I'm like you, I get like all like geared up, <laughs> like way more so than I do when I'm like carving wood or anything. Um, Cause it, it is a little bit intimidating, I think. Yeah. I'm actually ashamed to admit it, but I've actually, and my husband is not very handy, but I've actually gone and got him and been like, will you cut this rod for me? 
like, because mm-hmm. I just don't want to. Like, if it's like a thick, like three eighths or something like that, I just mm-hmm. don't like it. Yep. So. Oh, I I understand, and I will join you in that shame to admit because I have gone and gotten my wife for the same reason. Like, can you hurt yourself instead of me hurting me? <laughs> so I'm right there with you. Uh, so it doesn't sound like when you got started, at least with the the refinishing, but maybe when you got started with the tables. Did you have any intent of making it into a business? No, um, not really. Like, I remember being, we were somewhere in North Carolina, my sister and I, and we went to one of those, it was like a cute little downtown area and it was a shop with all kinds of painted furniture and wood furniture and whatnot. And I remember looking at the price tags and thinking, oh, I could do this. Like, I don't need to spend $800 on a chair I could totally paint a chair and um going home and deciding to do that but I don't think I ever thought like I could also sell that chair and it was really like I had sold some pieces here and there and when my husband came back from the next deployment I had saved up a little bit of money and like got a couple other tools and turned the our little one car garage like half of it into a workshop and um He was the one who really was like, well, you could take this somewhere else. Like you can move this when we get out or when he gets out and yada, yada, yada. And then he was the one when we moved back to Florida that put like ads on Craigslist and Facebook and all that stuff. And at that point, he actually did work with me a little bit. Like he was building some stuff with me. We don't do well doing that. And he... Like I said, he's just not very handy. He doesn't like it. He doesn't like the artistic, like crafty creativeness of it. So he's more of like an office. He's good in an office and he's good like with a gun. And that's what he does. (laughs) That's fair. That's fair. I always say there needs to be people who are willing to like work in the office because I do as, yeah, I do as my day job part. And like, I always to some degree sometimes feel like you know maybe it's a little bit of a slow death but (laughs) like I'm just dying to get in the shop that's really where I want to be yeah the end of it yeah um all right so you're a mom of three you're a maker and a mom of three including two teenagers who usually have a pretty hectic life schedule um (laughs) so how do you manage all of that without going completely insane um (laughs) I don't think I really manage anything (laughs) it all manages me um but uh my oldest one I mean he's 17 he's barely ever here anyways and he prefers to be at his dad's house so um I mean mainly it's my youngest one is really the one that is a handful and he's um he's pretty crafty himself so he's out here with me a lot of times in the shop but he's a talker too so he talks incessantly and I'm like oh my gosh like he'll be like mom mom then I'll stop I'll turn off the vacuum the miter salt like everything I have running and I'll be like what he's like I love you like want to strangle you you're so stinking cute 
but um, I just, I don't really handle everything. I'm always overwhelmed and running around different places. Um, my husband actually does more of like the kid, like chauffeuring and all of that than I do. So I guess just having him around, he manages it all. <laughs> <laughs> Well, do you feel, do you feel like, um, getting in the shop and making, is that, does that help calm some of that overwhelming or does it add to some of that overwhelming? It depends. Like I definitely feel the most comfortable in my shop. Um, like the most in control of everything. Um, it just depends on how many projects I have going, what I'm trying to juggle, if my shop is clean or not, because if I have a clean shop, like I feel like everything in the world can be like terrible. It doesn't matter. My shop is clean, but, um, it's usually not. So <laughs> it's like, I think it just matters on all the, um, stuff I have going on really at the time. And then what's going on with the kids, if they have stuff going on or commitments or whatever. But, um, it's definitely my calm space. Like sometimes I actually like go get a glass of wine and I say I'm working and I come and sit out here <laughs> by myself. I hide in here. I used to hide in the laundry room when it was too hot, but now I come and hide out here. Maybe you need to like add a wine bar to your kids like play, <laughs> play space up there. <laughs> there's always like, I'm always saying I need to get a little mini fridge out here. And then there's always wine glasses out here. And I'm thinking somebody's going to see that in a picture and be like, oh, that's real safe, like power tools and drinking. But um, usually it's because I made something that has to do with a wine glass and I needed to like measure it or something. But like, I don't even drink out of wine glasses. I drink wine in my Yeti. So nobody even knows. <laughs> but but uh, yeah, I definitely need a wine cooler out here. Yep, I think so. <laughs> um. Well, that's awesome. And you're not alone for like going out to it. Currently I'm not, I'm not drinking, but, um, when I am and I have a late night at the shop, especially like I will like on my way to the shop, I will stop and either pick up a bottle of wine or pick up a six pack of beer. And I'm like, that's my reward for being out here. And it's just relaxing. I mean, it's not like I'm getting tanked and turning on like, you know, a power tool, but <laughs> it's yeah. just a relaxing feeling. Yes. Um, so what would you say is your favorite part about being a maker? Um, man, I meant to like prep for all this. I had totally left myself like 45 minutes because I'm a procrastinator of prep time that once I got home, but then that stupid battery, um, <laughs> Like, oh, you know, I think it's really when I'm done and I have this like product in my hand and I'm like, I made that, like this thing and or whatever it is. Like sometimes I still, cause I made our dining room table and it's huge and it has um, leaves and it's 10 feet when it's open. And like, I still walk in the house sometimes and go, oh, I made that. Like, I just made that. Or even like, when I was first building my shop, just as like the walls went up or whatever, I would walk outside and just stare at it and be like, oh my gosh, like there wasn't a building there before and now there's a building. Like just when it's done or halfway done or whatever, just the fact that there's 
something that wasn't before and now it is because I did that. I think would be my favorite part. Yeah, that's totally awesome. I, especially the, the shop, like, or anything that you have at home, like that table, that A is a huge table <laughs> that you made. Um, but that's amazing. Um, so yeah, sometimes, uh, I don't know about you, but it's a little bit easy for me to like lose sight, I guess, of like my skill level. Um, like I'll go, oh, you know, I'm not as good as whatever, you know, whoever I happen to be like stalking currently on Instagram or whatever. Um, but so sometimes it might take, you know, my family or my friends or just even a stranger to be like, no, that's really awesome for me to kind of step back and be like, oh, it kind of is. And I made that like and grow some appreciation again for that. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So then what's your favorite part about being a mom? Oh, that sounds harder. Because <laughs> um, there's no finished product with them. They're like, one minute they love you, and the next minute they hate you. Um, I think probably just right now, like, like I said, my older one isn't really here a lot. Um, but my middle one and then my youngest, they're at this point where they just started like talking to me, like having conversations sort of. And I love my middle one. Like he has his own interest now and he's talking about going into the military and he's into, he's the sound tech um, for drama club. So he does all the sound and stuff for pretty much everything at the school. And I just love hearing him talk about it and his own personality kind of thing. Cause they have a personality, but when they're like in that 12 to 15 range, they don't want to talk to you at all. And you don't really want them to talk to you either. So like, and then now with my eight year old too, he's starting to, you know, like he has his own Pandora list and whatever. And it's just cool to see him have his own opinions, you know, about things or think when he hears a joke and he actually laughs and it's not like, we don't have to explain it. And he just finds it funny because that's what he finds funny. Like just seeing their little personalities develop. Yeah. Um, it sounds like fun, except for you're not giving me much hope to look forward to when my kids reach. <laughs> you know. It's just like a brief, like four year. Well, I don't know with girls because I only have boys. And of course I think I was an amazing teenager. I was never awful, but um, <laughs> like, it's just a few years, I think, depending on the kid and like what they're doing. I don't know. Plus, I mean, I don't, I'm convinced that it's to embarrass them and to ruin their lives. So, constantly. <laughs> yes. Maybe that's why they dislike me sometimes. Well, you know, it's sometimes when I when when something <laughs> when so my oldest is only five, you know, but sometimes he'll be like, you know mommy, why are you being so mean on whatever it is, you know, not giving into something that he wants. Yeah. And um, usually, you know, sometimes my response will just be, well, I have to give you something to talk to your therapist about when you're an adult. So <laughs> this will be one of those moments for you. Yes. You're producing jobs. Future That's jobs. right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. So have you, 
encountered any challenges? Um, I mean, you kind of touched on, you know, you were a teenager before you realized like this isn't necessarily like a traditional role for, for women to just be kind of hands-on and do this type of work. So have you faced any challenges or pushback by, by being a woman in a traditionally male-dominated field? Yeah, I mean, there's just, <laughs> of course, um, I think that if I was a guy, I don't think I would have had my own business because I would have gone and worked for somebody who would have hired me. And it is next to impossible to get hired because I tried. Like when we first moved here, I was like, I, I'm just not an entrepreneur. Like I want to go work for someone else. Like with my parents being union, I really like that stability of having like a paycheck that comes in every two weeks and having health insurance and all that stuff that I was fine with working for somebody else. But it didn't matter. Like nobody wants to hire you. Um, you know, it doesn't help that I'm 120 pounds. Like I'm not, I don't look like I'm strong. Um, but I mean, there's other things. There's, you know, the a-holes at Home Depot that say, you know, ugh, what's one? Like when you ask for a couple of different things, they'll be like, well, what is it that you're trying to make honey or whatever? And then to that, that I just, I have the Home Depot app and it tells me exactly where everything, like down to the aisle in the bay and everything, just so I don't have to talk to anyone when I go there. Um, uh, and actually, when we were in North Carolina, um, their local college had this like little trade school scholarship program. And I took the entrance exam and it basically paid for the spouse to go to whatever trade school they offered. And I took it and um, I scored like in the 90th percentile and they said um, my best job would be something to do with mechanics. And they had an auto mechanic program and I asked them if I could do that. And they uh, almost downright said no and pushed me into coding. Um, so I took medical coding classes like, and I never did it. I mean, and had there not been that barrier because they kept saying, oh, you don't want to do that. Your hands are always going to be stained. Like, this, my hands are always stained all the time. I don't care. It doesn't matter. But had there not been that in the way, I probably would be an auto mechanic right now. Like, it's, it's, I don't know. I don't really know how to combat that with anything other than to just be better than other people. Like, sometimes. Well, I think, I mean, I think you're already just doing what you're doing now is combating that, right? I mean, I think, I, it feels like there's a wave, if you will, of maker women out there. Yeah. Um, you know, not just woodworkers, but metal workers and everything. And I feel like that is the advantage sometimes of social media because we can share even if it's just a picture, it's sharing what we're doing. And I think that's a good example for, A, for young girls out there who feel like they have an interest and maybe they're getting some of that pushback like you got with the, with the whole trade school um, to at least let them know that they can do it no matter 
what their gender is because let's face it that to me makes no sense whatsoever <laughs> like yeah. why should that matter um but then i also think um when i i was in lived in southern california for a little bit and i went to a community college there that had a furniture and cabinet making um program and that's i went I didn't get to finish it, but that's what I started in. And um, like the very first class I took, I was the only girl. Um, but I remember like, um, and I'm still in contact with him because he was a just a good teacher. But, you know, he said that he loved when he had women take the woodworking courses because he's like, I'm sorry. He's like, even some, even a woman who's not very skilled tends to be even better than most of the male woodworkers out there um he's like just the way they plan things out and they pay attention to detail and um you know they they tend to because maybe we aren't as strong as men we don't try to brute force everything we learn to leverage our body weight and get things done in other ways you know i have a motor winch in my tables to flip them Mm-hmm. So that, I figured out by myself how to do that because there was nobody to help me. <laughs> so, yeah. Yep. So I think, I think, like you said, you didn't know how to combat that, but I think you're already doing it just by, I mean, I was inspired watching you build that shop because oh. I don't know if I'd have the, I don't know if I'd have the guts yet anyways to, to, you know, do a large project like that. Some of that stuff just scares me to death. But <laughs> So I appreciate women like you putting that stuff out there for others of us to see it and to go, yeah, if she can do it, maybe I can do it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so what are you hoping or maybe since you do have, you know, your, your middle one and your oldest are, you know, in their teenage years, you might have already been able to see this, but what are you hoping that your kids would learn from kind of watching you you know, be a maker, kind of run it, you know, starting to run it as a small business? Oh, I mean, I would love for them to learn how to do what I do, but I'm not really sure. I guess just, I mean, I want my sons to know that, women are just as capable and not that I have any say in who they marry, but um, I would like for them to marry someone who's capable, you know, and not treat her like she's not. And then um, like, I think for women too, if you have a spouse that's not, that's intimidated by you, you, then you can't do the stuff. Like if I was, if my husband was intimidated by what I did and then didn't encourage me, then, you know, maybe I wouldn't be doing this. And I hope that they learn, because I only have sons, that they know to be supportive of their spouse and not to put little boxes around everyone all the time. And I mean, I don't think any of my kids are ever going to think that any woman can't do anything like they're pretty used to just, we're all handy. My sister has her own woodworking business. Like we're just all handy women in this family. Got a wasp like flying around me over here. 
So, <laughs> so, so here's a question because it kind of came up in one of my other interviews. Like, so, and you, and you touched on it. Do you think your kids just find it like commonplace, like take it for granted a little bit that you can do all of this stuff or, or are they amazed by some of the stuff you make? Um, oh gosh, I wish that they were amazed. Sometimes I <laughs> make things and I'm like, don't you see how cool I am? Like how cool this mom is. Like I literally built a clubhouse. You guys are going to sneak out and bring your girlfriends up there someday. Like how cool of a mom am I? But they don't, I'm sure. Um, one time my oldest said, no, the other day I was just thinking, and you know, actually you're a pretty cool mom. And like, that was years ago, but I'll never forget it because it's probably the only nice thing he's ever said to me. So like, I think they just take it for granted. There's been a couple of times where they were like, oh, that's really neat. I like that that does that. I mean, like I built their bunk beds and I don't even think they realize it. Like, <laughs> I think they just exist in a world where there's always stuff <laughs> made. Yeah, I could see that. <laughs> um, so for my last question, um, I just want to ask if you have any words of wisdom you'd like to share with other already maker moms out there or aspiring to be maker moms out there. Oh, um. I guess just, I mean, you kind of said it earlier, like when you said that you don't realize your own skill level, like a lot of my mom friends or other girlfriends, like they're always saying, well, you can do that, but I can't like, that's something you can do. You're good at that kind of stuff, but I'm not like, I can't, I could never do that. I could never build this or make that or paint whatever. And it's kind of a pet peeve of mine because I feel like, why would you say that you can do that? If you don't want to, that, and you prefer to pay somebody to do that, that's fine, but you can do it. So just, I think it, my advice would be that, you know, if you want to do it, you probably can like most likely. And, um, I'm probably going to butcher this quote, but I think I've heard, uh, somewhere like, don't, argue against yourself because you'll always win. I think that would be my advice. And I do it too. I say, like, I look at somebody else's stuff and go, oh, I could never, he's so out of my league. Like I could never do that, but most likely I could if I put my mind to it. So that would be my advice. Just don't um, discount yourself. You can do it if you want to. So. I think that's awesome advice. And, and I would agree. Like, um, it's not a total pet peeve, but a little bit of a pet peeve of like, and it's not even people I know, but overhearing, um, you know, like people who are just passing by my table when I have like a show going on or whatever. And especially women when they're like, oh, I wish my husband would make something like that, but you know, it will take forever for him to get it done. And I just like want to scream at them. Well, then make it yourself. Yes, <laughs> like, yes. I think why that are you waiting around? Why does your husband have to make it? Or why does your husband have to do that? Like, go and do it. And my stepmom, if my dad doesn't get around to doing something, she will go do it herself. 
And if, you know, 90% of the time, once he sees her doing it, he'll get up and finish it. But like, she doesn't sit around waiting for him to do it. I don't understand. Like, I mean, I do 90% of the handy stuff in our house. And part of that is just because my husband was deployed all the time and I had to figure out how to do that stuff. And now he's like, why should I do it? She'll do it, I think. <laughs> but yeah, I do get the same thing. I get so annoyed when I hear women say that, like, oh, I've been asking my husband for a farmhouse table forever. Like, someday he'll get around to making it. Like, can you get online and look up Anna White, please? She has, like, 87 plans that you can make, 87,000 that you can make with a circular saw and a Craig jig. Like, go do it. <laughs> Yep, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, thanks so much for taking the time to talk with me today. Um, oh, no problem. This I really, is fun. I really enjoy talking with you. And I might have to consider whenever I get the nerve up to build my own shop that it needs a uh, clubhouse up in the upper level yeah, for my kids. Yeah. <laughs> Remember when you go to put that roof on, though, that you're going to be up there putting the roof on that thing. I think it was once I got to that point and we started putting the roof up I was like do they even make ladders like this high like how am I supposed to get up there I never thought about this yeah <laughs> it terrible it was like a system of ratchet straps and like <laughs> metal and my dad who's like 60 and has a torn Achilles tendon like trying to pass <laughs> pieces up to me so keep that one in mind <laughs> yeah and heights are like not my friend. Um, I, uh, in July, like I got to spend a day with, um, Anne of all trades and April Wilk oh, yeah, Wilkerson yeah. when they were working on Anne's uh, tiny house. And like April would just like get off of the ladder and stand on top of like the framed walls. And I was like petrified. Like, I'm like, there's no way I could do that. A and B and then like my mom instinct was like kicking in like I just wanted to be like don't do that <laughs> you're gonna fall like, and hurt yourself yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah well she was up on her roof doing her whole shop that thing was huge yeah. like walking around yeah. and she had her mom up there at one point I think I saw pictures I was like oh my yeah. God. yeah well and that you know and that's what I asked her I was like there's no way like obviously you are not afraid of heights if you were up there doing that. And she's like, no, the higher, the better, basically. <laughs> no, I'm terrified. And actually when I did um, the roof, I basically like straddled it. I'll send you a picture of it because I still have to send you pictures. But like pulled the sheets over and then scooted back and then like pulled it on and then scooted back <laughs> some more. And my butt was burnt from being so hot here. And uh my, when I got to the other end, um, I had to get down. I was fine while I was up there, but I had to get down and my husband tried to help me. <laughs> and I was like, cause the ladder's leaning. It's not tall enough. So I'm like right. sticking my leg out. I'm trying to reach it. I couldn't find it. My husband's like, it's right there. He's trying to put my leg on it. I was like, don't touch me. <laughs> <laughs> and then my dad was leaving. He's leaving. He's like, let me get her down. My dad, <laughs> comes up and I'm crying. I'm literally crying. I'm yeah. Laying on the roof. It's a thousand <laughs> degrees out. I'm like, I'm not doing it. And my husband's like, we're going to have to call the fire department. I was like, I don't care to call him. <laughs> and my dad finally like grabs me and I'm wearing my, uh, they used to be the Moxie and Moss, my dovetail pants. Yeah. So I've got like the pockets all over. 
and my dad grabs me by my pockets and I'm calling the room. I'm like, no. Holding onto the roof and he's yanking me down. He's finally gets to the point where he puts my foot on the ladder rung and he's like, okay, you got it? And I was like, okay, I got it. <laughs> like such a baby. And I've never, it actually still, there's parts at the end, the gutters still aren't on because I won't go back up there. I'm not doing it. It's not happening. Not happening. No. <laughs> yeah, I'll pay somebody eventually to come do them. That's it. Well, don't feel alone because that would basically be me too. And they probably would have to actually call the fire department to get me down. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. All right. Well, awesome. Um, I hope you have a good rest of your day. And, um, oh, so you're just on Instagram or are you Facebook and stuff too? Or um, I'm on Facebook. I actually have a um, way bigger following on Facebook. Um, I love Instagram though. I'm just, I don't have the patience. I know you post like every day, sometimes twice a day. I just don't <laughs> have the patience for it. And I'm always embarrassed because my shop is such a mess. But um, plus I always get those trollers that are like, when I get a picture of me cutting, they're like, where are your safety glasses? And <laughs> why are you wearing flip-flops? And like, cause I'm in my own space. That's why. Mm-hmm. But um, so yeah, my Instagram is at chick woodworker. I think, or she, it's C-H-I-C Woodworker. My husband made it. I don't, probably wouldn't be on Facebook if he didn't make me. And uh, my Facebook is facebook.com slash old souls designs with an S. Okay. 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 And awesome. I have a website too, um, oldsouldesigns.net. Okay, awesome. Well, I will make sure I include all that in the show notes so everybody can check you out and give you a follow. Um, but yeah, this has been fun. Thanks, Valerie. What a great interview with Valerie. I think she really hit it out of the park, um, talking about all sorts of things like the struggles of, you know, being a woman and wanting to get into male dominated fields and basically breaking through that glass ceiling, as well as bringing up things like, you know, as a mom and a maker, sometimes you just need another adult to talk to. So it was really fun to get to talk with her. Um, as always, I will include ways that you can follow her for Instagram and Facebook and her website, all in the show notes. So don't forget to check that out at www.makermompodcast.com. And also don't forget, if you really love this episode, just like I did, please hit subscribe and leave a five-star review so others can find out about this show. I will catch you all next week. Thank you for listening to the Maker Mom podcast. You can connect with the Maker Mom community in the Facebook group page, Maker Moms. And remember, if you enjoyed listening to this episode, please subscribe, leave an awesome review, and share this out with other Maker Moms you know.